Wendy and I went for a walk over this past weekend. You know the front yard major scene in Yuma? The scene that I described in detail in last week's sermon. Well, it's still there, laid out wonderfully, still surrounded by pine cones the size of small footballs. The manger scene in Bethlehem characters in that front yard are resting in the green grass of Yuma, still in their places, looking peaceful, serene, and very Christmas storybook-like in every way. Yes, as of yesterday anyway, the Bethlehem stable statues still have their place in the foreground of our neighbor's front yard. Soon, however, these Bethlehem stable figures, the statues, the characters, they're going to find themselves not in the foreground of life anymore. They will be tucked away in the background. They'll be put away in a dark and closed storage container, no doubt, until next year. The disarming and alarming Holy Christ Child Jesus, the liberator of the poor, the redeemer of the oppressed, the redeemer of those who routinely get the short end of the stick, yes, unfortunately, their voices will be silenced again. And Jesus will be tucked away, maybe even stuffed into a corner until it's time again to put him and his stable friends, to put them out in the front yard, in the foreground again, and on full display, communicating to all what we hope might be one's Christmas piety. What this means, at least to me anyway, and remember, I'm the guy with the microphone today, what this means is that the Bethlehem stable scenery referred to above, again in, that, in our neighbor's front yard, will be out of sight again. With the opportunity for a passerby to honestly locate this sacred stable and eventually catch sight of what the angels and the sh- shepherds saw, yes, all that will be neatly packed away in a corner of our neighbor's garage. So now that the lights are down and the decorations are put away for another 11 months, where do we go from here? Now that we've put on a shelf somewhere all that reminds us of the joy, wonder, the giddiness, and maybe the magic of the holidays, maybe even the holy days, now that we've put it all away, how should we approach the perception that it's time to get down to business again and to move with purpose? into this new year. I share with you today two readings written hundreds of years apart and are seemingly unrelated. But sit back, listen carefully, and give me the opportunity to weave these two stories together. Today's readings are from the prophet Ezekiel and some very familiar words from Luke's Gospel. This is from Ezekiel Chapter 47. Then he brought me back to the entrance of the house, and I saw water flowing eastward from under the threshold of the house, for the house faced east. The water flowed down from under the right side of the house, south of the altar. Next he led me out through the north gate and took me around outside to the outer gate by way of the east gate and it was there that I saw water trickling from the south side. He said to me, 
This water flows toward the eastern region and continues down to the Arabah. When it enters the sea, the sea of stagnant water, the Dead Sea, its water will become fresh. When this happens, swarms of all kinds of living creatures will be able to live in it, wherever the streams flow, so that there will be a vast number of fish, for this water is flowing there now, so that wherever the river goes, everything will be restored and will be able to live. And now, some familiar words from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David, who is the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as it had been told them. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Okay, give me a handful of minutes to make sense of what you just heard. Firstly, this week we are continuing with No Limits, which is the current winter sermon series, which is leading into early spring. And I think most of us would agree that with Wendy, Brownie, and I, Pastor Mike, leaving in Yuma in, in leaving Yuma in June this year, that it's healthy for us all to, especially after the unprecedented unprecedentedness—that's a word I just created—it's healthy for us to look seriously at this being a time of transition. You know, we all know that transitions are often difficult at best. We have our daily routines, our comfort levels. We have comfort levels, especially with the people that we're around often. Our patterns and our preferences have been seriously jumbled up and thrown off, though, haven't they? In fact, it was just a few weeks ago, someone asked me, Pastor Mike, how is this time of transition going for you? And I thought carefully, not wanting to seem too anxious about retirement, you know. And then I remembered this reading from Ezekiel. I imagined two rivers coming to form one river. One, one is a river of fresh water. One is a river of stagnant water. I even imagined two rivers running beside each other. And then I said to my friend, well, it's as if this is, I feel like I'm kind of a leaf being carried by one river 
tossing and turning and sometimes spinning and moving out of control with the current and then being turned upside down, caught up, and then carried along by the currents of the second river, kind of caught in between one river and another river. You know, I often feel caught in between one life and another life. Those of you who remember when you retired or were trying to retire, you remember that time in your life. The currents of both bodies of water, the currents and the patterns of two different kinds of daily life, almost competing with each other. Well, that's the short answer anyway. But I realized that although it might be a fitting image for me about making a transition, the prophet Ezekiel saw here another vision of God's life-giving glory. You know, Ezekiel had a lot of visions. What I just shared with you was another one of his many visions from chapter 47. Here he sees branches of water. They appear to be the same river, emptying out into yet another river. And in this instance of rivers coming together, it actually brings life. Stagnant water becomes fresh water. And it's a blessing from God's throne, which is a fitting image for the transition of lives becoming one life, blessed, fulfilled, and directed by God. Ezekiel's vision is not wishful thinking. Instead, Ezekiel here is reminding the people that what they need, they cannot create for themselves. That what they need is a renewed vision of who God is and to accept that they have overlooked the grace that was all theirs for the asking. But how does that work for us today in the 21st century? As God's ways become our ways, and as God's abundant life becomes the life that you and I live, we become one with God, flowing together, bringing about wholeness and healing, freshness and life in the world around us. But how and when does something wonderful like that happen? And how can we move forward into a brand new year filled with life-giving possibilities? It happens, my friends, I truly believe, when we genuinely pause and like the shepherds and the angels and the wise men, we locate the stable that God continues to present and lay before us. Go back for a minute. Take a look at all the fuss in the gospel stories around locating the stable where Jesus was born. So they went with haste and found, Luke writes. The shepherds obviously knew something wonderful had happened. What exactly did they find once they located the stable? What renewed purpose for their lives did they come away with? Look again at how their experience with the Savior of the world prompted them to become messengers of the good news. And it was suddenly way more important than being the shepherds in which they were employed. Take a minute. Remind yourself of Matthew's version of the varied reactions on locating the stable of the newborn king. Come on, I'm telling you, it's worth it. Reread chapter 2 of Matthew's gospel and take stock of how people reacted to what they found, quote, lying in the manger, as they finally found what they were looking for. 
What was King Herod's reaction to this? Try to imagine meeting Jesus for the first time, falling on your knees to worship him after a long, dangerous journey, which was the experience of the Magi from the East. Accordingly, what did the shepherds and the angels see? What did the shepherds and the angels hear? What did they smell? What did they sense was going on around them when they finally located the stable? Do you think they sensed God's immeasurable love for the forgotten and the undeserving the moment they located the stable? And in what way did finding the Christ child, especially in the midst of so much humble simplicity, change their lives, not temporarily, but forever? According to Dorothy Soul, a German liberation theologian who wrote, Bible texts are best read with a pair of glasses made out of today's newspaper. You and I, as faithful followers of Jesus, are genuinely called to locate the stable God places before us day after day. Why? Because it is in the humble, holy act of locating the stable that you and I catch sight of what the angels and the shepherds saw that night. And why might this be crucial? Why is it a crucial event for us as we head full steam Full steam ahead into the transition of 2021 that's already started for us? Locating the stable and catching sight of the light, my friends, will always be important because, and I'm quoting Dorothy here, unless we see what the angels and the shepherds see, we don't really understand Christmas, and we do not see ourselves as needing the light Christ reveals. End quote. Yes, as of last weekend anyway, the Bethlehem stable statues still have their place in the foreground of our neighbor's front yard. They're still there, telling the entire world, certainly telling all of those people who walk by, that the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the Babe of Bethlehem, has indeed come. But you'd never know by looking at that peaceful front yard in Yuma that so much pain is overtaking the lives of so many people all over the world these days. And you wouldn't know that America, as the land of the free and the home of the brave, is currently facing what many are calling, quote, a constitutional crisis, end quote, as our country strives to remain a unified, peace-filled, democratic nation under God. By now, you've heard many people condemn the acts of the violent mob last week that left five people dead. And maybe you too felt your stomach rolling in knots as you watched the videos of that historical event on the news. And if you followed the ideological and misplaced theological concepts that drive these rioters and insurrectionists, then by now you know that what happened at the Capitol building last Wednesday was nothing like what the angels and the shepherds found once they located the stable in Bethlehem. The show of force, the brutal acts, the unspeakable violence, the fear-driven rage, and the total disregard for human life was akin to nothing more than King Herod's reaction to God's coming into the world 
2,000 years ago. And he came into the world to lift up and to heal all that was broken. Go ahead, I remind you again, go back and read the second chapter of Matthew. You know, I'm among the many who have said over the years that politics mixed with religion has no place in the church. My friends, unless you've missed the events, especially of late, we know full well that that's been the case since angels and shepherds and the magi and simple people like us first located the stable in Bethlehem long ago. In fact, Jesus was born into an intensely corrupt political regime that was a nightmare especially for those who disagreed with the evil tyranny of Roman rule. They mistakenly referred to as the Pax Romana, which is, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, and I'm quoting here, a period of relative tranquility in the Roman Republic and Empire. It was a time of increased as well as sustained Roman imperialism, order, and prosperous prosperous stability. That is, the Pax Romana was a good thing, as long as you were an upstanding member of the society who paid tribute to Caesar. Many forget that this is the world in which the Savior was born. Many forget that Jesus of Nazareth Nazareth also lived during a time of political strife and fierce oppression of those who lived on the margins of society. But we all know, according to the Bible, God will have his way with the world. God will eventually have his way with America. God will be the one to bring about peace and heal the divisions that seek to divide us even further than they already have. Yes, God will have the last word in your life and in mine. I suppose the question remains then, exactly Where do you stand today? Where do you find yourself in the flurry of the chaos swirling around us still in 2021? Are you by chance kneeling, worshiping the Savior, giving Him your treasures and casting your fears on Christ, the Lion of Judah, the Rose of Sharon, the Root of Jesse, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords? Do you find yourself singing the songs of the angels, even though the Christmas wreaths and the nativity sets are boxed up and put away in your garage? Or maybe, maybe you're still wondering about when and how God plans to intervene in a world that often seems these days especially to be breaking apart. Because don't we all deep down, want to become shepherds and catch the sight of the angels and catch the sight of the Christ child again and again and again? Don't we all want the world to be a place of peace where God reigns in the hearts of all people, the hearts of all people who wear red, who wear blue, who wear white, or don't even have any shirt at all to wear. If this is really what we want for our lives and for the lives of the people around us, it all begins, I think, with intentionally locating the stable 
and honestly taking into account what we find there. I'm going to say that again. If this is really what we want for our lives and for the lives of the people around us, it all begins, I'm convinced, with intentionally locating the stable and honestly taking into full account what we find there. Finally, when was the last time that you, yes you, honestly and intentionally tried to locate the stable? So they went with haste and found, Luke writes. The shepherds and the angels obviously knew something wonderful had happened. The shepherds and the angels found God in the flesh once they located the stable. And they knew God was indeed present and involved in a hurting, divided world, didn't they? Friends, I know it's January. And it will be another 11 months before the Bethlehem manger scenes pop up in front yards all over the world. But it's never too late to pause and pray. It's never too late to intentionally locate the stable again and again, day after day. Yep, right now is the best time to locate the stable God has carefully placed in each one of our lives. But exactly, though, What does that stable look like for you, especially during this time of transition? Is it possible that God is leading you to take another look at the stable? Maybe it's a stable that you found years ago, but what's the chance God has a renewed plan and a renewed purpose for you, especially during this year? where we're all still wondering what's going to happen. I'm sure we'd all agree, today is a good time to locate the stable and to catch sight of what the shepherds and the angels found. What what sight am I referring to? The light, the life, and the love that only Christ reveals. Amen.